Matt and Mike, Mike in the, the morning. morning. Welcome back to Matt and Mike in the morning. Uh, this is Old Testament lesson 17. It's kind of weird to be able to see myself. Old Testament lesson 17 to be taught on January the 28th. Here we get Elisha and the Lord who is merciful. I like the way you're doing the camera today because now I can see if you're going to be sneaking up behind me with any weapons of mass distraction. Apparently my lips can give me away. Yes, for you, it's For true. you, it's your eyebrows. Eyebrows? Yep. Mm. I need to get like a beanie, wear it over my head. It's probably true. Like, my eyebrows get this might tell. Yep. Yeah. Well, the the lesson here today is about Elijah, Elisha, God's voice to rulers and ordinary people is the title of it. Covers quite a few chapters of First and Second Kings, First Kings, uh, chapter nineteen, and then Second Kings one through eight. So it's uh, uh, quite a bit of condensed history of the work and the ministry of the prophet uh, Elisha. I think that there's. Uh, you know, you don't have to maybe get down in the weeds too much with all the details of the story. Neat, neat uh, details of Elisha's ministry. Um, starts off on how Elijah is taken up into heaven in a whirlwind and he crosses over the Jordan. Uh, and he, he takes Elijah's prophet's cloak, which is why we wear stoles yet mm -hmm. today. Yep. Um, it's reminiscent of the prophet's cloak that's, uh, you know, everybody's got a uniform, police officers, firemen, doctors, all of you pastors too. And so the prophet's uniform was the cloak that was signified he was a prophet. And so then that was given over to Elisha. And so that's why if you ever have a chance to go to an ordination, mm -hmm. uh, it's really neat to see uh, the, the typically a district president or somebody else uh, who's an older pastor take the stole and place it upon the man's neck. Because uh, mm -hmm. it harkens back to all of this imagery and, and God's promises to his people of old that he'd be with them through the through his word and the mouth of the prophets. Anyhow, uh, so you got the prophet's stole there. Uh, and then Elisha goes off and does a lot of the things that Elijah uh, did in his work in, in ministry as well. Mm -hmm. On page 102, uh, about two-thirds of the way down the page, it says, how big is God? Okay, he's big. He's God. <laughs> you know, he's... Uh, when we think about God, we talk about the, the characteristics of God. Mm -hmm. Can you name a few? Um, he, so the the typical ones that you get, like in the catechism we're yeah. waiting to do in this big yeah. picture study, is that he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, he's omnipotent, mm -hmm. he's all-powerful, uh, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and then another one we have of God is he's loving and that he's merciful. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, this curriculum is written... Not from a Lutheran perspective, so you might notice in here like the sovereign nature of mm -hmm. God is is emphasized. We don't necessarily speak about the sovereign nature of God, which the Reformed, Pastor Bauer is just telling me that. Yeah. What were you saying? So so for the Reformed, for those who believe that, that um, in double predestination, as we call it, that God elects some people to heaven and that he chooses for other people to go to hell and that he chooses you to go to one or the other and you can't change it. For them, um, God's sovereignty, the fact that he can accomplish what he purposes, um, he can do what he wants and follow through on it, that's very important for them um, because he either makes you saved or he makes you damned. Um, it's really one or the other, and it's God's choice in all of it. How do, how do they know if they're saved or damned? They don't. So like at the end of life, they just say, well, I hope they're, I, they're like the Catholics. I hope I was good enough? Yeah, just like the Catholics. So that's why in our catechism we have that question, uh, in, in whom do you hope? Mm -hmm. In my Lord Jesus Christ, who died for my sins. Yeah, Lutherans are really concerned about the conscience 
and about um, convincing people that, that salvation is open to all uh, and that salvation is found in Christ Jesus. That Jesus died for everyone and whoever believes this promise, <clears throat> excuse me, whoever believes this promise receives uh, the benefits of it. Whoever believes has eternal life. Yeah, so we speak of the assurance of faith. Right. Uh, we don't uh, talk necessarily so much about like the, the works of faith, the efforts, the proofs of faith mm -hmm. um, that, that comes because of faith. Uh, but the assurance is in what, what God has done for us. And mm -hmm. we say, well, I've been given faith in my baptism. I've been given faith as I've heard the word. I've been given faith as a, as a gift. So anyway, um, other Christians like the Reformers, they talk about the sovereign nature of God. We talk about the mercy of God. Uh, so I think there's a lot of mercy in this lesson too. Uh, think of the divine service on Sunday morning. I still have to do this someday. Uh, count how many times we say, Lord, have mercy. Mm. You know, I think it's some upwards of 20 times in that hour on Sunday morning where we plead of the Lord for his mercy. So the Lord's mercy is him relenting of his judgment. Like he should squash us, he should wipe us out, he should kill us, he should judge us. But he relents because he's merciful. And, uh, and he takes our punishment and puts it on Jesus. Who was over there? There we go. In your ear there, somewhere. There's, there's Jesus behind. Puts it on Jesus. Yeah. So that's mercy. And then the other two um, uh, uh, characters, characteristics of God, they have his omnipotence, which is his strength, and then omniscience, his knowledge, and that comes out in the lesson. This lesson does a great job at showing God's mercy um, through how he interacts with the Arameans. Yeah. Um, so I hadn't, neither one of us had, re had realized this lesson does a really good job at showing that that Ben-Hadad um, is, is the leader, the, the king of, of Aram during all this time, as all these different things happen. Uh, Naaman, um, who gets baptized basically, is, is, a, is a soldier um, for, 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 uh, for Ben-Hadad. Um, you get these different times that, that Ben-Hadad attacks Israel. Um, in one place or another, and different things happen. Uh, in one instance, um, Elisha uh, says to his servant, "You know, open, open my or says to the Lord, open my servant's eyes that he may see." You know, there, there are more for us than there are for them, and and then the servant can also see God's um, fiery horses and chariots and just His army protecting the city. Um, there, there's other um, instances of 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 Aram or or of Aram and King Ben Hadad attacking Israel, coming to besiege it. But the Lord stays his hand of judgment. He has mercy on them. Um, he works towards peace um, that in, in order ultimately that Ben-Hadad and the, and, the, and the Arameans would know that there, is a, that there is a Lord in Israel and that they would turn to him for mercy. The, the, the majesty of the story really is this, is that God shows his power, his control in all things, not through squashing his opponents, mm -hmm getting rid of his opponents by this great show of might and force, uh, but in showing mercy. Last night was the caucuses uh, in Iowa. And, you know, Trump was really, really far ahead. And, and my, my concern is that if Trump gets elected, he takes office, he just squashes all of his opponents that have been after him for the last four or five years, whatever it is. And, uh, but that's not the way that God acts towards us. It would be a, a far better thing if Trump were to get elected to just be merciful. Um, and then, you know, plead, plead of God's mercy. And you see that here with, uh, you know, the, the whole army of the Arameans are struck with blindness. Elisha brings them into the city of Samaria. Their eyes are opened and then they feed them. Yeah. And send them home. 
and send them home instead yeah. of making them slaves yeah. or, or killing all of them right then and there uh, for their atrocities. So God shows his, his power in mercy. Um, I'll just speak a little bit more of the mercy he shows here. Um, shows mercy to the, the city with the bad water. Elisha puts salt in its waters healed. Uh, the widow who lost her husband uh, fills all of her jars with, with oil. Uh, uh, the woman who's, who, uh, who lost her son, Elijah, comes and um, uh, lays on top of his son, sneezes seven times. Um, Naaman, uh, commander of Ben-Hadad's army, he is healed of his leprosy. If that's not mercy, I don't know what mercy is, you know. Um, it, go, it goes on here, the, uh, the feeding of the, the, the whole army. Um, All the times when he could have either let Israel be conquered, but he has mercy on them, yeah. or that he could have just destroyed the Aramean army, but instead he lets them live and has mercy yeah. on them. So it's a lesson on mercy. God's power is shown in mercy, certainly in uh, uh, the mercy he affords to us through the weakness of the cross. Very good. We'll see you next time on Matt and Mike in the morning. morning.